Hey, Shakers, and welcome to Worth Your Salt, the podcast that shakes up your marketing game in the health and wellness industry. Worth Your Salt is brought to you every Thursday by Salt Marketing. Salt Marketing helps health and wellness practitioners build trust and authority to attract a steady stream of inbound wellness seekers. For more information, you can visit us online at saltmarketing.co. I'm Jennifer Oroqua, Story Brand Certified Guide and Marketing Strategist with Salt Marketing, and your host for today's episode of Worth Your Salt. And one of the most challenging aspects of building and growing a business is hiring the right people and creating a strong company culture. Despite the fact that a wealth of information exists on this topic, health and wellness practitioners face unique struggles, often operating with individual missions and smaller teams. The road to assembling and retaining a successful team in this industry can be filled with roadblocks that demand creative and adaptable solutions. However, there is much to learn from those who have triumphed in creating and retaining exemplary teams. That's why I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest for this episode, Dobbin Buck. Dobbin is co-owner and chief revenue officer of Get You Wired Web Services, a full-service marketing agency with 50-plus team members. Dobbin and his partners have created a culture that is dedicated to reducing stress and caring for the whole person, not just the employee. Dobbin, I cannot wait to explore this topic with you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Worth Your Salt. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here, Jennifer. Over the last decade or so, you and I have kind of been on each other's periphery in the marketing world, but in working with Get You Wired, I've gotten to know you a bit better. So I know you're not one to talk about yourself much, but I'd love to hear about where you began and how you got to where you are today. Wow. I'm 58 years old now, so I'm, I'm getting up there. And so you're, there's, there's a lot of history there. But where I started out my career after college was in the museum industry. So I helped to develop museums around the world. I was a I was in business development and contract management of major museum projects for an exhibit house. And so I did that for somewhere between eight to 10 years in my early professional career. And then I wound up transitioning into the marketing space. And that's a long, a long story. But um, where we come from, Get You Wired ultimately started as a smaller five-person team that developed websites, really. And pretty quickly, we got tuned into marketing automation and uh, modern digital marketing practices. And then we were able to expand our team and hence uh, expand our offerings in all of those areas. So really, in the last, I would say, 15 years, we've grown from a relatively small team to over 50 plus employees. And it's been an interesting journey. Now, Get You Wired is no stranger to winning awards for the work that your team does because it's exceptional. But you've also been honored with several Best Places to Work awards over the years. Tell me a little bit about how that came to be. Uh, We had a turning point in our company to where we redefined our core values, really started embracing them. A result of that was getting recognized for cultural awards and workplace awards hardest to attain award that we got was that we were the fifth best place to work in the small business segment on Glassdoor. Anybody that knows anything about Mm. Glassdoor, it's very hard to hold a great rating because the moment someone disagrees with the way you operate, they mention it on Glassdoor and then your statistics go down. So we were at number five and that was really a, a point where we were working extremely hard on our cultural development, on our team. And it was just an amazing reflection on our efforts at 
time when that came across uh, as an award. Also, Outside Magazine, several years is Great Workplace, Best and Brightest. There's so many different uh, cultural and workplace awards that we've won. And then within software ecosystems that we operate in, of course, we've been Partner of the Year in Sales and Partner of the Year in Service and all sorts of different accolades, particularly in the Keep ecosystem that we thrive in. There's been a lot of people working really hard to attain those awards. Yeah. And that Glassdoor, that's really remarkable because Glassdoor is, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a bastion of negativity. Like that's where people go to complain. So that's really remarkable. So I'm curious, how do you define culture? I mean, it's not just about ping pong tables in the break room, share your perspective on what company culture really is. Company culture to me is a umbrella of how a group of people are able to coexist in a spirit of servitude, respecting one another and accomplishing amazing things. So ping pong tables, the gimmicks that people associate with culture is not really what it's about. I think culture starts at the interpersonal level amongst coworkers. And that generally starts with strong leadership and it works its way down through the org chart. It's just as important at the entry level of the company as it is at the top level of the company. What culture means to me is how we live together because we spend as much time in the workplace as we do with our families. So it's very important. And I love what you said about that a good culture enables you to serve those that you're you're um, working for. So did you have a vision for that culture that you wanted to create from the very beginning or was it, was there kind of a cultural evolution to get you wired? Well, I'd say there was a cultural revolution <laughs> because okay, okay, we got to a point and I think we were up to around 15 team members or so. I found myself needing to let go people on a regular basis. We weren't in alignment. We didn't really define why we weren't in alignment, but things weren't working out. And we would hire people, we would train them up, invest a lot of time and energy. And also they would invest a lot of time and energy into, into our company. And then for whatever reason, there was a misalignment or a problem. And the most expensive thing in any business, I think, is hiring the wrong person for them and for the company. We have to be considerate of the humans that we have involved in this process. A bad decision in hiring someone is just as problematic for the individual as it is for the company that, that's hiring them. So we recognized this and there was really a, a heartbeat or an inner core that was missing from our organization. So we got some training from Plate Mass mm. at the Keep organization. They had a uh, offering for helping businesses to grow Elite Forum and Elite is still in action today. We we're introduced to Jim Collins' book, Beyond Entrepreneurship, which is a great book. And chapter two of that book is all about defining your mission, purpose, and core values. Now, people say, oh, mission, purpose, and core values, we got them. There's a poster on the wall that shows them to people. So mm -hmm. there's a difference <laughs> between having a poster on the wall with your core values and living. As a leadership team, we developed a framework for it and put out some ideas. And then we spent approximately two days with the employees working through them, making sure that everybody had buy-in 
from that point forth, we started hiring to our mission, purpose, and core values. It improved our hiring process. We could quickly identify who wasn't a fit. And at that juncture, too, there were some people that weren't in alignment with what we all came up with. And so we had to part ways. So it was really a critical juncture in our growth as a company. And we probably wouldn't have been able to grow much larger uh, without the, defining mm -hmm. those things. So um, the other thing that began in that time was some company rhythms like quarterly team building events where we would get together and build boats and have races and different experiences to where we could interact in a more on a more personal level with really cool activities. And we still have those to this day. And then other types of programming quickly entered like mindset and meditation training and leadership training that anybody in the company could attend and learn what it's like to be a leader and how you make decisions and how you do a SWOT analysis and how you create smarts for your planning based on those SWOT analysis and all of that sort of thing. So we really started involving the tribe or the team in the growth of the company and also educating them more on what we were doing as leaders and what decisions we were making and where we thought we were going and where we were with our annual revenue and if we were on track for our annual goals and different things like that. So it was a lot of transparency, a more depth of personal connection with the people that we're honored to work with. And things really took a turn at that point. Very rare when someone leaves the company to go somewhere else. And it's, it's even more rare that for whatever reason, I need to ask somebody to, to move on to uh, uh, another company. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know that as as business owners, you know, that's what you're always hoping for is that that kind of synergy between your employees. And of course, that transparency and that inclusiveness that you mentioned, I want to get back to that a little bit later. But you mentioned hiring and and for sure, creating a goal, great culture begins with hiring the right team members. I want to hear a little bit more about how you attract and hire the right people. What have you discovered about building a team for for small businesses? That's a great question. We have put an incredible amount of time into this process. Where we first look for people, we put out ads on Indeed, on social media, leverage LinkedIn. We leverage a number of different resources, career fairs at our local college, which is University of North Georgia, UNG, great school. Mm -hmm. We have to take a quick sponsorship break right now. But when we get back, let's talk about your 11 part hiring process. The Worth Your Salt podcast is grateful to our partners and sponsors, including Get You Wired. If you're thinking about optimizing your website for demand generation, talk with the folks at Get You Wired. Get You Wired is a one-stop shop for best-in-class web design, conversion, and automation. From sales funnels to APIs, keep or active campaign optimization, e-commerce, and custom reporting, Get You Wired is your partner for not only superior website design, but seamlessly integrated marketing. Head on over to getyouwired.com for a free one-hour strategy session. They live and breathe small business and are excited about your success. Check them out at www.getyou. That's the letter U, wired.com. Getyouwired.com. You won't be disappointed. 
All right. We are back here on the Worth Your Salt podcast with Dobbin Buck, co-owner and chief revenue officer of Get You Wired Web Services. And Dobbin, I know Get You Wired has this 11-part hiring process that helps you attract and retain that top talent. So while your culture has really become a true differentiator, that wasn't always the case. So how do you find people who are aligned with your values and will contribute to a positive and thriving work environment? What happens is, is that people uh, submit to us their resume and fill out a questionnaire to be interviewed for a job at Get You Wired. We're initially reviewing resumes and seeing if people are job hoppers or if there's some glaring problem within the resume structure that is obviously meaning that they have no interest in what we're doing and they just want to get a job Mm -hmm. or they have a job history that is not interesting to us, then they won't make it any further. Mm -hmm. But very quickly, we send them into a portal that we have a series of questions that they answer those questions with a video. So we have some software and it's called Haystack.io. And so they answer on video mm-hmm. these questions about their job history, about why they're interested in working with Get You Wired, what was the biggest challenge they had at their previous employment, all sorts of questions that are in there. And they record those. And when they record those, we can see how they communicate. If they're going to be in a position that requires a strong communicator, we'll take that into consideration. Their personal aesthetic, this day and age, we're all communicating through Zoom. We're very visual in the way we operate. So we want to make sure that they have a professional aesthetic that they're uh, projecting. Also, gaining an understanding of why they want to work with us, why they think that they're a good fit for our culture what challenges they've seen in the past, and why they're committed to continuing to develop their craft. With us, we're a marketing agency, so we're interested in why a developer is interested in being a developer, why a designer is interested in being a designer, why a copywriter loves creating copy for uh, marketing. And for each of the skill sets, we gather more information. From that point forth, if they make it through the video interview series, then they'll have a interview with our HR manager and she will inform them more about Get You Wired and then ask some questions that are aligned to show whether they are in alignment with our core values. Then we would pass them through to what we call a skill testing area. We provide them with information, sometimes a little bit of education, and then we ask them to perform specific tasks that are in alignment with the job that they would like to get. A department head generally reviews those skill tests. If they passed it, they will have an interview with the department head that will walk them through and ask them, why did you do this this way? Or why did you do this that way? Or even, hey, this is the way that I would have done it, but I see where you're getting. So based on the skill test and the department head interview, then they get passed to what we consider to be a final interview. And currently those final interviews have fallen on me. And really the final interview Mm -hmm. is just to get a deeper grasp of their personality and how we think they'll integrate with the tribe. If they pass that interview, then we do a background check. And for higher level employees, let's just say that are going into a management role and they're local, we may 
have a get together, like a dinner or something like that to get to know them better prior to bringing them in that might as well include their spouse. So quite a few steps mm -hmm. in the process. The process itself takes between 30 and 45 days, amazingly. So it's a lot of time and a lot of effort people have to really go through to make it to the inside of Get You Wired. But I can say that we have just an amazing team of people that are really in alignment and dedicated to our common purpose and mission. Yeah, I had no idea the the energy and the, the level of detail that you went to there. But having worked with some of your, your employees, I can I can attest to that it works. I mean, you have fantastic people. So in the world of web development, you know, collaboration and creativity are, of course, key. So how does Get You Wired foster a culture that encourages teamwork and empowers those employees to come up with innovative solutions for your clients? One way we do is that we empower our, our middle management. So the owners or the leadership team of the company is providing oversight for the health and growth and future of the company. And what we've been able to do is develop leaders within our organization that are responsible for subsets or groups within the company. So to give an example, we have project managers that have multiple developers creative individuals under them, and they work as a tightly knit group. Within the structure, they're having morning meetings, morning get-togethers, they're having check-ins uh, that are like, what was your high point, your low point of the week? We have programming, which is ongoing training for developers, different skill sets, and also programming for personal development. So there's a lot of communication that's going on. And deep relationships and friendships that occur within the company to where we really have a open environment for feedback, ideas, creativity, however that manifests itself. And we really rely on that. It's not like the leaders are doing team members a favor by allowing them to have a voice. On the contrary, it's that we get the benefit of people's experience, ideas, creativities, and their voice to be able to provide a, a better mm -hmm. outcome. And so when you foster this type of environment, you free people to be creative and you free people to know that their input has value, amazing things start coming out of it. For sure. I bet everybody listening in is like, I want to work there. <laughs> so, um, or, or I want to build a company just like that. And, and while every company culture is unique, what sort of key ingredients have you found that make up a culture that truly prioritizes the physical and mental well-being of employees? I mean, is it about leadership, communication, recognition? I think it's about all those things. It all starts with leadership. I really feel like the heart and soul of leaders expresses itself all the way through the entire organization. So you can't have a healthy organization with an unhealthy leader. With all of this, it's really about understanding what people are bringing to the table by working for your organization. Were we put here on the planet to work super hard for some company and that's a means to an end for this amazing journey that we have on this incredible planet. Mm -hmm. I have aspirations and dreams. I like fly fishing and I want to fly fish everywhere in the world. <laughs> and 
personal pursuits and interests that my professional work, my my company, it provides for. So we're there to generate revenue, accumulate wealth so that we can care for the our families for the most important things in life and our personal pursuits. But we're spending an or, inordinate amount of time doing that in the workplace. So the workplace really needs to be a place that's worthy of someone's lifeblood and the amount of time that they're putting to supporting these other things in their life, which really I think are more important, right? Mm-hmm. Owners of companies are often thinking about, oh, I'm paying you X amount of money and I need this return on my investment for my investment in you. Flip that paradigm and think about what each and every individual is giving you for money. Mm-hmm. It's priceless time. Yeah. We go into truly believing that. And then we have the right people. We have the people that are aligned with our, our, our company culturally. And then we figure out the things that we can do to help them grow in their craft, help them grow as a professional, and to help them grow as a human being. And to develop systems and operational efficiencies that protect them from as much anxiety, workplace stress, feeling undervalued, all of those things. So a a vast amount of different things, recognition you mentioned, Mm -hmm. employee of the month, core values, winners, we have twice a year, we have all sorts of prizes and acknowledgement in our company meeting that we have every month. It isn't that much effort to celebrate people and do nice things for them. As much as we are in service to our clients, at least every company should be operating from a place of servitude towards their clientele, we have to spin that and, and we have to have the same level of servitude to our employees, our coworkers, or anybody that is coming into contact with us. So it's really about creating a culture of servitude and respect. Yeah, I love that. It's a beautiful perspective. So what role do you think that intentionality around building your culture, what does that play in, in long-term loyalty and retention and commitment in your team? We have to be intentional about every single thing that we do. There's some looseness in regards to creativity that we might exhibit, but anything that we do as a company, as an organization, it needs to have structure around it. And it needs to be intentional because you have to be intentional before you can track the results of an effort. Mm-hmm. Doing something is one thing, but understanding what impact it has had on people, clients, employees, leaders, etc., is an important factor because one person may think that some benefit or some action everybody will appreciate, and that may not be the case. So it's about really trying things and then through a variety of feedback loops analyzing their success and then evolving based on that data, sort of like marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I I love that that idea because so many companies kind of stumble backward into their culture and it's just, it evolves and it becomes what it is without any intentionality. So, you know, making sure that we're, like you said, we can't track it if we aren't intentional about it. So 
I was wondering about, you know, in any good creative environment, you know, conflicts arise within teams and conflict is, is often good. But tell me how you're able to resolve these kinds of challenges while still preserving that unique company culture. Have you had any challenges where you had disagreements that you had to handle? Well, internally, we tend not to think of them as disagreements. We tend to think of them as people always don't have the same idea. And so if we can open ourselves up to really listening, and I just did a talk this last week about listening and the art form of listening. Many people don't listen. They are spending the time when someone else is talking, formulating what their response is going to be Mm -hmm. instead of fully embracing what someone is trying to share. So when you're operating from a place of servitude and respect, people's perspectives can be clearly heard and understood. And we just don't run into a lot of conflict and arguments within our our company. There's definitely difference of, of opinion, but I think what most people want is for their opinion to be considered. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a small group, maybe there's a vote. Or if there is a leader involved that's making the decision, well, at least an individual knows that their idea, although it may not become a reality, was heard and considered with respect. Very nice. And and building Get You Wired culture has also been a journey of personal ex I'm going to do that again. Here we go in three. And building Get You Wired's culture has also been a journey of personal growth and exploration for, for you as well. What have you learned through this process? The biggest lesson that it took me a long time to learn was that early on and for many years, I was trying to fit my life into entrepreneurship. And in other words, I was all consumed with growing a company of proving my value, showing how brilliant I thought I was, whether I was or wasn't, Mm -hmm. Um, just really concerned with how everybody perceived me and found value in me. Mm -hmm. And I worked and worked and worked late hours and different things like that. And today, it's exactly the opposite. I try and figure out how I can fit entrepreneurship and my business or businesses into the more important aspect, which is my life. But when I look back, I could have done that the whole journey Mm. and I just didn't get Mm. it. Interesting. I just didn't get it. And I say to any employee or team member of mine that get you wired or anybody in the world, put your life first and then figure out where the workplace fits into that but prioritize your life first. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been a thousand other things, but when I I look at it, that's the way I approach it today. And I have a a really amazing balance in the way that I, I live my life. For sure. All right, Dom, it's time for another quick break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Worth Your Salt podcast, and today I'm talking with Dobbin Buck, co-owner and chief revenue officer of Get You Wired. Dobbin and his talented leadership team have helped Get You Wired earn numerous Best Places to Work awards, and I'm talking with him today about how to build a successful team. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so be sure to join us over on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and let us know how you're building an exceptional culture and team for your health or wellness business. 
All right. So we, we talked about this a little bit um, earlier, but once we hire well, retention can also be a big challenge. So can you share some practical strategies or initiatives that have helped you keep your team members happy and motivated for the long haul? Yes. I think that the biggest thing is listening to them and hearing what's important to them. So we have regular interviews. So we have mid-year interviews. We have annual reviews for our employees. So really getting a lot of feedback. And then along the way throughout the year, we're having check-ins. So one-on-one check-ins from members of the leadership team to really hear what's important to our employees. So you can make assumptions that everybody wants more money or everybody wants more vacation or everybody wants these things. But until you really hear someone's perspective and sometimes the why, of why they want certain things, uh, you don't really have a grasp of what they're aiming for. So it's truly a matter of, on a personal level, getting to understand what motivates people and then finding creative ways of honoring that and coming up with things that might be unique to a specific individual. So we have a game plan that are benefits that apply apply to all of our employees, but we want to be able to be creative and to fine-tune things, they're going to feel like we've been intentional and specifically taken time to care for them and their well-being. And we do a good job of that. We don't just do that from the leadership team level. We're doing that from the middle management level. And we see it coming up, bubbling up from let's just say Mm. south of the management level that the team is caring for one another. We try and create this environment that we're all supporting one another. And ultimately that's the glue that keeps people invested in the vision of the company. Because what I've learned is things like the benefits, the health benefits, the 401k, the, uh, payment, pay compensation, all those things are important, but they won't keep somebody at a company because you can always find more money if you're looking for it somewhere. But if you really want to take the the chance or the risk that you're going to fall into a situation that Mm -hmm. you're making a little bit more money and you're suffering from bell to bell, it's not worth it. No amount of money is worth hating your job. (laughs) Anybody out there that hates your job, please quit immediately. (laughs) Right. And what you're saying makes so much sense. It just all goes back to the culture. And and once it permeates throughout the organization, you know, like you said, it's, it's bubbling up from folks who, you know, aren't, aren't even leaders necessarily, but they're leading in that way. And so going back to how you defined culture, it, it seems that you also value action. Your culture isn't just words on a page. It's it's a living, breathing reflection of your values. So in keeping with that, I know you offer some really unique opportunities to your team, many of them centered around their own wellness, including you you mentioned this a little bit earlier, stress reduction, mindset training. Tell me about some of those things and how they've affected Get You Wire's culture. My business partner, Melissa Allen, who's the CEO of the company, she does leadership training on a weekly basis. Uh, so we provide that. We have a regular rhythm of mindset training. So every Thursday, there, right after lunch, people can log into a Zoom account for a meditation. In other words, some silent meditation or guided meditation that's only a 15-minute jaunt. And then once a month, there's a 
meditation class that occurs. It's an hour long that people can opt into. And then we also have something called continuing education right now, which is every Wednesday from 11 to 12, we have rotating topics that different people have chosen to share with the employee base. I'm currently doing one about about soft skills and developing charisma, your personal brand, and how you interrelate within the company and also out to the customer. We come up with ideas, they vote on them as a committee, and then we put it into the calendars and the programming to where people have the option to attend a class or not attend a class based on their interests. So we have a lot of things like that going on. The well-being of people in mm-hmm. the company is useful for everything they do. So the happier and healthier and more confident a team member is, it's going to mm-hmm. repay any effort exponentially. So it will increase their ability to learn. It will increase their confidence in their craft. It will increase their home life and their friendships outside of business, all sorts of things. It's all interconnected. It's not separate. It's not just you do things that improve someone in the workplace and expect a great result. We have to help to grow people. And that's one thing as a leader and as a human being, I'm constantly trying to do for myself is learn. I read a lot of books. I interact with a lot of professionals in masterminds and in friendships. And I learn from people and I continue to grow. And I can say that at 58 years old, I'm actually learning at a more efficient and Mm -hmm. greater interval than I did even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm able to absorb so much more. It's just been, continues to be an amazing journey. And so Younger people, they don't always know where to go Mm -hmm. for resources and who to learn from or what to learn from. And so we provide them with, to the best of our ability, with, you know, useful techniques, teachings, different things that we've gathered. And uh, it's been just a, a very rewarding endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. And I can definitely relate to that, that the older I get, the the better I feel that I can learn, the more people I'm able to absorb information from and, and know where to put that and how to put it to use. And it sounds like, you know, maybe that's that's permeated your entire leadership team. And, you know, you've talked a lot about the culture overall, but your leadership team at, at Get You Wired has been amazing. So how can if, if I'm listening in and I'm a leader and I'm trying to grow my team, how can a leader support company culture? As you hire, as you evolve and you grow and you change, what kind of leadership skills do you need? That's a really great question. (laughs) We really need to work first on our own personal development, our personal branding as an example, our development of charismatic characteristics, our ability to communicate, our abilities to be generous, our Abilities to operate in a space of servitude, the same things that we would expect our employees to embody, we need to be able to embody first. It's ridiculous to expect someone else to be able to operate at a certain level when, as leaders, we aren't operating at that level. So I really feel that before we embark on a journey of creating this amazing culture, that we really need to make sure that, first of all, that we're bought into what we're selling. That's where we start. And that's where I put a lot of time into myself to make sure that I'm 
measuring up to, you know, my own vision and as well, my business partner, same thing. We all have to operate at a certain level or we just quite frankly can't expect the culture to grow in that direction. Once that's established, it's having vision and it's applying creativity to what would be the ideal culture? What would I love to see manifest? And what would I like to see my clients experience as a result of that cultural development? Because the culture is a ripple and a pond, and it just keeps going. We can start at leadership, let it ripple out through the workforce, through the team, and then continue out through the clients. Well, guess what? They may get a great feeling and they may start operating and the ripple continues beyond them to their employees or their family mm-hmm. or their friends. So I don't mean to sound too <laughs> no, wild but- <laughs> on this, but, but it's true. It, it really is true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't sound too woo-woo. And I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before, but you sir should write a book. <laughs> it would be great. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about what Get You Wired does for our listeners and how that you help small businesses succeed. Get You Wired is a full service digital marketing agency. We do website design, development, landing pages, marketing automation, marketing funnels, all sorts of advanced coding and integrations for systems, really everything that a small business would need for their online marketing, and then also improving their internal operational efficiencies. We develop systems for that. So we work with everything from real estate, health and wellness coaches. Mm -hmm. We work with financial advisors. We work with influencers that are New York Times bestsellers. Mm -hmm. We work with all sorts of different verticals and applications so we can build all their online assets. We work with them, call on experts like you for guidance or service and content development and Mm -hmm. strategy. So when we aren't experts in a certain area or vertical, we bring in people that we have friendships developed with and other agencies. So it continues to be a really interesting uh, path, but uh, we we serve probably over a thousand customers a month in a variety of different ways. Mm. And it's just been an, an incredible incredible journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I know how well connected you are, but if our listeners want to know more or connect with you, where can they go? www.getyouwired, that's G-E-T, the letter U-W-I-R-E-D.com is our website. And then I'm Dobbin Buck and my name's spelled D-O-B-B-I-N B-U-C-K. I think I'm the only Dobbin Buck in the world. Probably. uh, According (laughs) to LinkedIn and social media. Yeah. So if anybody has a question that's maybe not related to our services, but you want to know more about culture or some of the ideas expressed here, I'm always interested in meeting new friends. I can be found on Facebook Messenger or Instagram or LinkedIn or any of the um, social media platforms. And that's a great way to message me and get to know me. Perfect. All right. And for our listeners, a link to Get You Wired's website and of course to Dobbin's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn profiles, as well as the tools we've talked about today will be over on our website at saltmarketing.co. But right now, Dobbin, it is time for our lightning round questions. These are a few quick questions that I like to ask of every guest. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Now you said you're an avid reader. So the first question is, what is the best book that you've read recently? The best book that I've read recently is The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin, the famous 
music producer. I just love that book. Very nice. All right. Next question. What is your favorite thing about the work that you do? My favorite thing about the work that I do is the amazing people that I get to meet. I get to meet people that operate at a very high level, our clients, influencers, and people that we work with. And many of them have become my mentors. All right. Next question. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Don't take yourself so seriously. Yes. There's a good, uh, David Letterman, I think said something about, uh, don't take life too seriously. You'll never get out of it alive. (laughs) I thought that was great. All right. Last question. Who or what inspires you? My wife inspires me on a daily basis. She basically has all the attributes where I fall short. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. She's just an amazing person. Very nice. Dobbin, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Worth Your Salt. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor and an absolute pleasure. I also want to thank our listeners and let you know that if you're ready for your Worth Your Salt debut, tell us about your expertise by emailing us at grow at saltmarketing.co. Be sure to subscribe at saltmarketing.co slash worth your salt so you never miss an episode. And finally, leave us a review or give the show a handful of stars wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Worth Your Salt. Be sure to join me next Thursday when we'll be talking about how being a podcast guest can help you gain visibility, build authority, and grow your business. In the meantime, let's get out there and shake things up. Oh,